This podcast is made possible by Workday and U.S. Bank. Hi, this is Ben Mulling, CFO of Tente Casters, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leaders Podcast. This is episode 382. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. I'm Jack Sweeney. On today's episode, we'll feature four finance leaders that have technology top of mind. In fact, a number of the finance leaders you're about to hear from refer to the actual IT applications by their brand names. So let me preface here that our guests are not endorsing products. They're just being candid with us, which is always more interesting, I think you'll agree, rather than have them speak in generalities. Our discussion begins after these words from our sponsor. Just as a house needs a good foundation, your business needs a solid technology foundation. At Workday, a different approach to finance technology is giving growing mid-size organizations a distinct advantage. Workday's flexible architecture means that when business conditions change, finance can easily make changes to business processes. To learn more about how a finance system from Workday supports mid-size organizations from the ground up, visit us at Workday.com. Workday, built for the future. When it comes to finance, leveraging information technology, one of the more interesting discussions we have with finance leaders these days is triggered by the question, how are you helping your organization to look forward? We pose that question to Renee Hornbaker, CFO of Stream of Dallas, Texas. Here's how she responded. One of the things that I had done previously was implement a very simple forecasting and planning system that was very inexpensive, but it allowed you to make dynamic changes to your forecast and for the business uh, folks to contribute to that, to see results if they made changes, what could be the effect. And that was one of the things we did in the first year. We, We typically had forecasted Uh, very top level, very ad hoc. Now we do a very detailed forecast really every month and you would say, my goodness, isn't that a lot of work? It's very simple with this system. We just have to change a few drivers, update some of the metrics, and we have an updated forecast. And that's really important in our industry because the prices that we can charge our customers are dependent somewhat on the costs that we have, and those costs change very dynamically. And with the um, the power curves, or what we look at is the uh, the NYMEX gas cost, and so it's important for us to be able to reforecast based on that, so we can make sure we've got competitive prices 
and also that we that if costs run up, that we are not running behind in terms of uh, establishing those prices. Renee, I'm curious. I had written about a, an energy company in the past, and they were using analytics to help them study weather patterns. And do you use analytics at all in in what you're up to, or is that part of this? It absolutely is. It's more. Uh, the wholesale team that procures our energy is the one that really is reliant on the analytics, but it's important for us for a forecasting perspective to make sure that we're linked in with them in terms of where they, how they see weather playing out and how that could impact the forecast. So we, we work very closely together with the wholesale team to, to on the analytics part related to weather, but even even the best uh, weather predictors are not infallible, and so it's it's always a challenge. Uh, you know, analytics itself is this an area where you see finance playing, uh, you know, a sort of a natural role, or you're you're realizing the potential to be used in other ways. Um, well, I to a certain extent, I would say yes. I have. In, in effect, uh, become part of the team that every week looks at the wholesale costs and where things are trending, where weather is, and, and we also have to make strategic decisions about how we hedge um, our costs so that um, we're not dependent on uh, the winds of nature. For example, when we have a customer that signs up for a 12-month contract, we need to lock in our costs so that we can lock in our margin on that customer. And uh, there are a variety of hedging tools and strategies that we can use to lock that in uh, and yet uh, protect the downside but perhaps preserve some of the upside. And so strategically, I, the wholesale group and I work very closely with our CEO in making those decisions. And I, I participate on the wholesale risk committee that makes those key street strategic decisions about um, what, what our hedging strategy should be for particular months or periods of time. One of the more interesting technology discussions that we've had was with Chuck Best, a senior finance executive at Blackline. Chuck named for us and critiqued a number of the cloud tools he views as increasingly mission critical. Here's Chuck. And... One of the things that's really integral and a component of this is that most of these tools involve not just the accounting department. So you are by default partnering with the business and with other key leaders because each of these tools requires an interaction with other departments. And, and so you can talk about a billing system like Zora. It, it involves your legal team. It involves your sales ops team, it involves accounting, it involves finance. And, and for them to be successful, each of these teams needs to be involved. And they're embracing the fact that they're part of this process and, and they're able to pull information on a real-time basis to be able to help their department in the company 
uh, make good decisions. And you know, I, I think of the tool exactly here with with commissions, uh, and you'll see that down right below ADP there. Um, it's it's involving. Let, let's say, for example, and we do this here, that you want to put a new spiff in place for a, a quarterly activity because you want to accelerate. You think it's going to be a great way to accelerate growth. Well, you can go into a tool today and add a a spiff or an additional amount of money for a certain type of sale immediately. The salespeople can go into that tool and run projections on what happens if I sell these certain opportunities that I'm getting from my CRM system, and they can project out their commissions and what they're going to get paid based on this new spiff immediately. Sales finance can go in and say, oh, based on this new spiff, I'm going to project out what my expense is going to be for the end of the year. Immediately, they can do this. Accounting every day can go in and see how much uh, how much activity has happened and what their current expense is based on this new spiff, based on this new incentive that we're giving. So there's a perfect example of your partnering with the business because you've now got your salespeople, your accounting team, your finance team, your sales ops team working real time, same time to push out a new initiative, and you can now analyze it, you can project it, you can forecast it. And and that's how you're partnering with business, and that can be said for every one of these applications in here. How you're partnering with different departments and getting real information, real time. And in the past, that spiff would have had to been modeled out uh, on a on a an Excel tool. It would have had to been input on an individual basis, and you probably wouldn't have known how successful that spiff was until sometime after you closed the books. So that to me is a is a really a good example of how. These tools help you partner. To trigger a technology discussion with our next finance leader, all we had to do was ask the question: What's exciting you about finance and business today? Here's Eric Lockmiller, CFO of Car Auctions. Technology and its ability to speed things up is really exciting right now.、Um, you know, we started years ago with different financial planning tools, OLAP, and you know, Hyperion comes out with products that are expensive and have high implementations. We now have tools that have very low cost of implementation. They're really shrink wrap software that you can put on top of our ERP systems, which are quite、uh, complex. And get access to information much quicker. It's it's more accurate. You can reconcile it to your financial records if you need to. So I'm looking at. I, I really what's exciting to me is the intersection of of what I'll call traditional finance, traditional business operations, and the the widespread use of technology. And in my case, having been CFO of two very specific technology companies, companies that deliver technology as its product and service. I, I feel like I'm I'm as well prepared as anybody I run into,、uh, at least understanding the buzzwords, if nothing else. But using technology, I, I learned a lot there because technology, when it's your service, you really learn the power of it because your your company is selling it. That's how you add value. And now coming into a business that sells cars, realizing without technology we can't sell the car as effectively. 
and we've made investments in technology and I understand them. I really think it's, it's, it's really changing the way we operate in the finance industry, changing how we help businesses succeed, speeding up information flow and, and therefore better decisions faster, even if it means failing faster, as I said earlier. But you as the leader, what did you have to do to begin moving the organization in the direction you wanted? Well, when you combine multiple companies, you have a lot of opportunity to, to recognize or, or enhance shareholder value, even as a private company and then going public. The first step was we needed to eliminate a lot of manual processes. I've talked about in this, in this uh, discussion, technology. Well, the first thing you have to do is find out where you're, you're touching paper and where you're, mon you're, you're analyzing transactions manually and eliminate those. The second is take your resources and focus on your core business. You end up in, in the course of building an organization doing a lot of things that don't contribute to the mission of the company. So if our, if our job is, is really around here is to sell cars on behalf of consigners. What are we doing that doesn't enhance that process and get people to focus on things that, that, that are really related to our core business. Next is where can we use technology as opposed to our own, our own thought processes and experiences. And there's a lot of opportunity for that. Again, more than just eliminating processes. I use technology to gather information so I can do more timely analysis of what's happening. You know, I, I, every Sunday evening, I'm looking at a report that tells me how many cars we sold over the prior seven days, ending on Saturday. And it gives me a good start for the week of saying, okay, how's the business doing? And technology enables that. That's not accounting records. That's actually operational records. And that then contributes to utilizing better analytics for better decision-making so that we can always be making the best decision for the company to enhance its profitability, optimize its performance over time. Well, I have a portion of IT that reports to me, and I have a tool that not everybody in the company has asked to. It's, it's using Citrix Receiver to create a virtual desktop infrastructure. So anywhere I, on my phone, my, my iPad, my laptop, I can be anywhere in the world and log in to all of our networks, and not everybody in the company can do that. So I really, it's not a VPN. It's actually direct access into the networks through a, a secure portal. And, and I'm finding that extremely interesting to the point where I drive the IT professionals crazy because I think it's probably cooler than it really is. They kind of think of it as simple technology. But again, imagine sitting at your desk and working on your network. And I can do that from any device anywhere in the world. And it doesn't even have to be my device. I don't need special software. That's cool cloud technology. And it's a cloud that we create. It's a private cloud as opposed to a public cloud. Cloud. We as a business operate and are using cloud-based services, but we're large enough and we have enough transactions. We can build our own cloud and uh, don't have to rely on some of the third. Now, we also use cloud services from, you know, we, we're using some of the Microsoft products like Exchange and Outlook. Those can also be done in the cloud and we utilize a public cloud for some of that. But in our case, the cloud-based services, I think enabling professionals to work from anywhere is, is unbelievable, especially in a business that's as uh, diverse and, and spread out and dispersed as we are. I'm, I've, I, I'm all over the place. I, I travel a lot. I, I'm with investors. I, I'm at our operations, wherever it may be. 
and I can sit at any desk and have the same functionality I have when I'm sitting in my office with access directly into the entire cast of servers that we have that, serve, that help us do our job. Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We have yet one more finance leader explaining why technology matters. After these words from our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Well, our final finance leader featured on this episode brought some new energy to our technology discussion when he narrowed his lens, not on the collection of data, but the presentation of data. Here's Steve Love, CFO of Dialpad. Yeah, you know, we've been so lucky in finance over the last couple of decades with uh, big systems being rolled out uh, that help you automate the heavy lifting piece. Uh, and then even, even more recently, there's been extensions and functionality and scope on on the more process-oriented stuff. You know, don't sleep on the new technology approaches to some of those things like invoice approval routing, teeny expense, and particularly for the small and mid-sized companies. So while that's still interesting, I think the most uh, the area most ripe for automation is data insights, you know, pre- and, and presentation of those insights. So all organizations today are just awash in data. You know, the opportunity uh, with this automation is Systematic and efficient gathering, cleaning, reporting of accurate, that's important, and timely also important, uh, information to drive the insights and decisions. Uh, while while uh, you know, the gathering and the cleaning part, there's been improvements there. The biggest part for the, that can still improve is the opportunity for the presentation of the insights. You know, it's, it's so many of us uh, historically have used, have used Excel, and, you know, there's limit. While I, I love that program, there's, there's limitations for it, uh, of, of using it in terms of the sharing. Let me tell you something we've done recently at, at, here at Dialpad. So we, like many companies, we have an operating platform that contains a ton of data from our products that are relevant to operating metrics, including the number of customers, price, usage, growth, churn, and other metrics. It is typical in small or mid-sized, high-growth companies, in particular, like our company, we're doubling year over year in revenue. The vast data was only queried when there was a really urgent question or a problem of some kind. So this is uh, in contrast to a systematic approach of pulling the data consistently into, a, into an easily queried format, driving consistent reporting, then understanding those trends and drivers and consistency is such a big piece of that. So this isn't easy, and we all know it's not like finance people are just loping around. You know, this this takes time, and rarely do finance teams have excess time on their hands. So we took two important steps. One number one, we hired a, a dedicated financial analyst to be our engine on data and reporting. And number two, we used a tool, and there's lots out there for, in our case, data visualization. 
we already had Domo, a tool that we had already licensed uh, and used by uh, a couple different departments in the company. So we thought, great, we've got a tool, people log in, they know it. So we trained up on that product and we use that as our corporate reporting tool. Now we in finance produce a number of key metrics and not just revenue, but a lot of stuff like the metrics I mentioned, customer growth, churn, revenue, all this great stuff that aren't strictly associated with finance. And we uh, distribute those across the business. They're available on an app, you know, be it on your computer, whatever device you're using. And also we use a subset of those to drive our, our executive weekly operating uh, cadence. Each, each day, each week, we spend, spend the first hour of a two-hour meeting reviewing the same metrics. And it's that consistency, well, with accurate and timely data that help us drive the business. So I think making the process to share those insights and then driving the discussions and decisions in an efficient and effective manner for all companies, that's that's the next great opportunity. And not having to have dedicated people who are your, you know, your, you know, your application folks, making the tools easy to use. That I think is a, is a great opportunity. Uh, the next next great frontier uh, in automation for finance. Can I ask just in response to that? You, you hit on quite a bit, uh, but I'm wondering, you as a leader, as a finance leader, where are you going to be spending your time? What's going to change for you? Yeah, absolutely. It's less about processing and more on analysis and data gathering and cleansing, right? Relatively low-value stuff these days and more time on analysis, insight, communication, and all that helps you drive company strategy. So uh, when we think about where we want to, I think about priorities, I think where we want to invest. And for that, it's an automation to reduce the time we spend on the manual tasks, in this case, you know, uh, gathering the data and cleaning it, making sure it's right. Uh, and this will enable us to spend more time on the analysis and the insights. You know, and this is, a, I think, a continuation of the trend we've seen in the last two decades. When, when if you go back then, when I started my career, the CFO was seen as engaged in the business, but now most people in finance are helping drive the business in different ways, you know, via analysis or helping with customer negotiations, giving information to the business that they previously didn't have. So we hope you agree those are four enlightened points of view when it comes to the adoption of technology. For CFO Thought Leader, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, Thought Leader listeners, you can now go premium at CFOThoughtLeader.com.